0: Please can you remind me if you if you will be so kind Joining Alzheimer's Speaks Radio today, where our focus is to shift dementia care around the world from crisis to comfort, and we have been working on that goal since 2009. I hope that you will subscribe after listening and that you walk away feeling like you've learned something and are ready to share tips, techniques, and tools and resources that you've picked up today because we are all about helping you live graciously alongside dementia. I'm Lori LeBay, the host of the show, and also a daughter of a mother who lived with dementia for 30 years. So again, I get the emotional swings that you go through, but I also know that there's great purpose and passion and love that can be had um, on this journey. So never give up. The connections are there. They're just a little different than what they used to be. We also, through Alzheimer Speaks, through our blog, our social media outlets, the radio show, Dementia Chats, now our Dementia Quick Tips, um, we also share that information and help companies expand their brand footprint and leverage our content so that they can um, increase their audience as well. So if you're a company that is looking uh, to up your brand awareness in this arena, please reach out to me. I want to give a shout-out to just a couple of upcoming events I have. One is going to be at the Waters of White Bear Lake, and that's in Minnesota. And I'm going to be doing a CEU educational program for professionals that's called Tools for Dementia Professionals. And that will be January 15th. Registration starts at 8, and then uh, breakfast and program is 8.30 to 9.30. I'll also be out at Gable Pines in Vadness Heights on January 30th. Registration starts at 7.30 with networking and uh, a breakfast from 8 to 9.30. And that one we're going to be talking about why families act the way they do. And I think staff are going to get some great insights as to how they control a lot of that and how they are. And then on January 30th, I'm looking forward to doing a webinar with the Greenhouse Project. And on February 19th, another webinar with Educate for their 2020 virtual road trip. Now, before introducing our guest today, I do want to give one last shout out. Uh, to a couple of companies. One is Stallcatchers, that is doing research, and each of us can participate in helping push research forward by just playing a game. So go to stallcatchers.com. It's a video game that you can play that actually analyzes real data. And then there's the Memory Cafe Directory. You can find one or get yours listed for free by going to the Memory Directory.com. And last, I want to give a shout out to Keith Gallus. He has written a book called Parental Dementia, A Guide Through All the Difficult Questions. And Keith has spent more than 20 years helping families walk through their personal journeys with the dementia experience. And the book has some great worksheets um, in the back that will help you kind of keep your thoughts organized and and your needs um, prioritized. And you can purchase that book by going to parentaldementia.com. And if you put in the code Lori, L-O-R-I, that's L-O-R-I, you will save $5.99. So again, if you're looking for maybe a great gift idea for a friend who's caring for a loved one with dementia, or maybe the person is you that's filled with all kinds of questions, um, you'll find this book really helpful, again, as it helps families sort out all of the critical, important questions when dealing with a dementia diagnosis. Well, I want to introduce you to Pete Hill. And um, after 33 years of working in public health in local government, he changed careers back in 2013. Initially working as a consultant and then taking on a two-year contract job with the Alzheimer's Society. When that came to an end in 2018, he wanted to continue to raise awareness for dementia. So he decided to combine his love of public um, radio and producing, and he decided to uh, launch a show called The D Word which is on the UK Health Radio. Now, I had the honor of being interviewed by Pete not too long ago, and I thought, well, it was only fair that I have him on Alzheimer's Speak. So lo and behold, here we are. So welcome, Pete. How are you doing today?
1: Yeah, thanks, Laurie. I've got to say, I'm, I'm glad you returned the honor. It's not enough for me because uh, you realized you were the inspiration behind my uh, dementia-based radio show.
0: Well, that's exciting. That's exciting. And that's, you know, one of our goals with Alzheimer's Speaks is to inspire people to step up and step out because any of us can do any of these things. And um, it just uh, it just takes a little courage to kind of get that engine started <laughs> at first, you know, to get moving. Now, I always ask every one of my guests um, if they've been personally touched by dementia by family or friends, if you wouldn't mind sharing and it doesn't make any difference what the answer is, it just gives our audience a little base.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, family-wise my mother-in-law was uh, diagnosed with Alzheimer's 14 months ago. Uh, she's currently in a care home which is probably about five minutes uh, walk from where I live. Um, Other than that, I've got to say, I've got to to take you back to uh, the early 80s uh, when I was a a volunteer and my first radio experience, actually now I realise combined with uh, dementia because uh, I volunteered at a large um, psychiatric hospital uh, that we had in North London, uh, here in England where I lived. Um, I volunteered there because I wanted to be a DJ because I had a a radio service uh, and I thought myself as being a bit of a DJ. And uh, I went there, I got given a a show. And one day, very uh, early on in my volunteering, I found myself in a ward uh, full of people who were just sitting round in chairs watching a a television. And in the corner of the room, there was uh, a lady who was probably 30 years younger, than uh, all the other uh, people in the ward. Her name was Catherine, and as a kind of fairly naive 19-year-old, I said, well, what's going on here? And they said, oh, these people are all geriatrics. And I thought, oh, well, that must be the way of the world. Um, I stayed there volunteering for 16 years, realised that all those people had various stages of dementia, uh, and the the younger lady that was sitting in the corner, Catherine, had early-onset Alzheimer's. Um, I spent 16 years playing records for Catherine um, because she was a a regular, used to phone up my radio show. Uh, And so it's kind of strange now that um, dementia kind of started when I was 19. And now at the other end, having had a career in the middle, I'm back to talking to and playing music as I I do a little bit on the show um, with uh, people living with dementia and their carers.
0: You know I'm a firm believer that um you know if you look back at at your history for anybody listening you will you will connect the dots to why you're doing what you're doing right now or why you're not happy because you're not doing what makes you happy and um i i just I just find it very very interesting I know same similar thing happened with me I've always been drawn to the elders and I had some significant things that happened with dementia that were really um, fulfilling and, and really traumatic at the same time, you know, when someone forgets your name, but you, you know, when you just want to make that difference, it's, it's uh, it's pretty powerful stuff. Well, what prompted you to really kind of change careers and, and work with people with dementia? You kind of talked a little bit about, about that, but can we dive a little deeper?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I was an environmental health officer here for for a a long time. Uh, Then worked in consultancy for three years. And I've got to say, one of the things that prompted me um, to change career at that point was I got lonely um, because (laughs) I was doing a lot of work from home. I was working for a company, a lot of work for a company that were based in Wales here in the UK Um, I only ever saw the people I work with either through a kind of video link or on the phone. Um, And I I always joke with friends, I've got two cats and I was at a stage where the cats were actually answering me back uh, when I was talking to them. And I thought, you've got to get out and do something here. I'd I'd always had this thing, having been a volunteer for a long time, uh, in wanting to work for a charity. So, uh, as you do, uh, in Google, I put charity jobs and one fortuitously, I guess, came up for the Alzheimer's Society. Uh, I honestly went for the interview and thought, well, I've got a lot of life experience to offer, but I don't know what else I've got to offer for this particular job. Um, But I was lucky enough to get it. And it was... um, kind of one of those life-changing experiences, I guess, because it brought me into to a world where I now have a lot of friends who are living with dementia. Um, I'm now, I'm still friendly with all the people I used to work with, and uh, it kind of opened a big door for me. So uh, I guess partially what prompted it was a Google search, but uh, I'm glad I did it, and uh, it came out with a good answer.
0: Wow, Google. Thank you for, for helping helping you find that direction. And uh, it is amazing how many people we now have in our lives who are dealing with dementia. And I know they've probably always been there, but people weren't talking about it as much. And it's, it's nice to see that that door is finally opening so people feel a little more comfortable uh, talking about that. Um, how did your, you know, idea of your radio show come about? I know you said it was, you know, just kind of a passion of yours and, and combining that, but you know, a lot of people will think about that, but they'll never step into it and do it. So, um, can you give us some insights as to, as to how, how you coordinated that and, what, and even where did you find to, to land, to do your show? How did that happen?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I'd always been involved from, from those early days in, in radio, but it was either music radio or sport radio. And I'd had a kind of semi-professional career going on uh, alongside my normal career. In um, I'd been commentating on football matches, soccer matches, um, working on local sports radio. So I'd always I'd always had a great love of radio and uh, when my contract with the Alzheimer's Society finished uh, I found myself again uh, turning to Google a little bit on a Thursday afternoon and I thought well what are you going to do with yourself now and uh, I I wrote a list of all those things that uh, I'm really interested in in life and uh, dementia and radio came out of that list so I thought okay let's just put dementia and radio into the internet And uh, Dimension Radio and the internet actually found you to start with. Uh, And I looked at what you were doing and I thought, well, surely there must be somebody in the UK or sort of somewhere outside of North America who's doing this. Uh, And I suddenly realised there wasn't because I couldn't find anything. Um, And I found that the radio station is very good at doing half an hour features or, you know, little features on dementia and then going away and talking about something else for six weeks and then coming back and doing a little feature. But there wasn't anybody that was doing anything on a regular weekly basis. So I took that idea forward and, you know, it's great having that idea, but it was, what do I do with that? And fortuitously, when I was working in environmental and public health, I'd been involved with UK Health Radio, um, where my program's now based. Uh, and I'd done a little 10-minute piece called, I'm a public health professional, get me out of here. UK Health Radio which was a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek look at the world of public health and I thought well hmm, that's interesting so I I dropped an email to Johan who's the uh, CEO at UK Health Radio because I knew he was still there and just said look I'm thinking of doing what I'm doing. Um, I I managed to piece together a little bit of a demo and I sent it to him and uh, i thought well okay at least i've given it a go um Johan came back to me fairly quickly with an email and said can we talk and i thought this is encouraging and so uh, on a Friday he phoned me up we had a lovely conversation and uh, i never forget the words. But he said to me, I've listened to your demo. I think it is really good. But having been involved in radio a little bit, I was expecting the word but to arrive. So it's usually, uh, you know, I thought of it, it's very good. But unfortunately, uh, the word but didn't arrive. But the words that did arrive were, can you do me one every week? Uh, and then it was my side to go "but" and think, uh, how actually am I going to achieve this? Because um, I... <laughs> It wasn't an opportunity I expected to arrive so quickly, but um, thankfully uh, I've done it and we're up to 34 episodes now and uh, it's been great fun as well as, uh, you know, I hope informative. So uh, that's kind of the story, how it all got going.
0: Well, that's exciting. Um, So you've been doing it roughly, what, six, seven months now. Um, What have you learned through the process of, of doing your show? Um, and, and again, the show is called The D Word.
1: Yeah, it's he, called The D Word. It is probably a little bit hackneyed in terms of phrase, but I called it The D Word because nobody wants to talk about dementia. So it's very much, I kind of feel where cancer was probably 15 years ago when nobody wants to talk about the C word. So uh, I came up with that as a as a title for the show. And I think what I've learned primarily is there are a lot of really excellent people out there doing excellent things in terms of dementia, but it's a case of joining them all together and letting everybody know about what's going on. Um, And one of my frustrations here in the UK is that uh, dementia isn't, um, as I see it, part of public health world, as I call it, because dementia is almost in this little box in the corner. And uh, other health conditions like diabetes, heart disease, etc. are mainstream public health. Um, And part of what I was trying to do with the D word is mainstream dementia, because I want people talking about dementia the way they talk about diabetes, heart disease, and other health conditions. Um, And I think that here is still in its infancy, because I still don't feel that dementia has been bolted in, as I call it, into the public health world. So that's that's kind of one thing I've learned. And uh, individually, I, I've spoken to some great people. I've learned there are dementia assistants, dogs. I, I've spoken to people making films about dementia. I've talked to people uh, who are living with dementia, who are going around being ambassadors. You know, I've met some brilliant people over the last seven months. and I think that Probably highlights it.
0: Okay, um, it's interesting that that you say you know it really isn't in the the public health realm because here in the U.S. I mean we just bow down to you guys because you're way way ahead of us, and, <laughs> and yet you don't think that that you are. But um, we are so far behind the eight ball compared to what you guys are doing, and so um, you know other countries have really been I think the inspiration for us here and in the last five years we've made great strides um, compared to where we were at but we still we have miles and miles to go in terms of covering this but we see a lot more um, oh media Um, we didn't used to have any media at all but you know we're seeing it in the paper we're seeing it on tv we're seeing it on the radio and that in itself is a huge huge change um, when you even five years ago, if you would have Googled dementia, very few things would have shown up from the U.S. In comparison to what you guys were doing. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. All of our perceptions are a little bit are a little bit different. And I remember um, talking with Mark Wartman on that when he was the head of the Alzheimer's Associ- Association or um, Alzheimer's Disease International, I should say and um he said you know we're not perfect over here either you know we we have a long ways to go too but i was still just amazed at at how much how much we've learned you know from all of you over there and you know it's and to see some of the partnerships and collaborations um between the countries and just like the conversations just due to social media due to google um has been really uh, really really fascinating as far as as far as um, my thinking anyway what are some of the um the I, I guess the things that really stood out to you as far as dementia awareness you that you learned maybe through some of your your guests
1: yeah i think um th- there is a, a big community out there of, of people without a doubt in terms of, of looking at, at dementia, it's very diverse areas in terms of a, a very big subject. Um, obviously, we've got the Dementia Friends thing here, which has been, uh, you know, very successful. We're looking at dementia-friendly communities, so all those things are, have stood out. And I think what I've learned um, from, a, from a number of people is that there are so many aspects and the abilities to live. Well, with dementia is is something that I think that uh, uh, is, is coined as a, a phrase here in the UK, and I think everywhere is living well with dementia, and that's something that um, when I first started at the Alzheimer's Society, um, probably my, my own friends were a little bit sort of, oh, you're working with, with dementia, oh, isn't that a bit strange, or how do you do that, or whatever. Um, and I think it's, the stigma for me probably was never there because of my background and what I've done. But I think that stigma is being removed now gradually, um, particularly, you know, with, with all the things that are going on. But as I, I alluded to, there's still a way to go uh, in terms of it. And I think it's not fully understood. Um, I think there are negative things I've learned as well in in terms of, post-diagnosis support here in the UK is extremely patchy. Um, It can be very, very good, or I've got to say in our personal experience case, it can be non-existent. It can be, well, here's the memory clinic. Thank you very much. You've been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, vascular dementia, whatever. Here's a book. Um, Go away. Uh, and that really I've, I've had that personal experience of, of being on the end of that so I think there's a lot of work to be done there one of the things in terms of talking about dementia, my first guest on my program was uh, Jeremy Hughes who's chief executive of the Alzheimer's Society here in uh, in the UK and one thing Jeremy said to me was that uh, he, he gave an example of he was going to work one day on a bus in London and he heard two people in front of him talking about a relative that had dementia and they'd be getting lots of facts wrong and things were you know not quite right. And then he said to me, I didn't know whether to interrupt them. And I thought, no, I won't interrupt them because probably 10 years ago, those two people wouldn't have been talking openly on a bus about dementia. So we have come some way because people aren't now in public places talking about dementia.
0: Yeah, that's very true. I I just made a couple of notes when you were talking. One was about living well with dementia. I used to use that term all the time um, when I first started, and um, people with dementia said, "Um, we wish you wouldn't use that. And I know it's still very common, and I said, well, why is that? And they said, because living well depends on where you are in the progression of the disease. When you are still able to adapt, you can live well. But once you progress far enough where you can't adapt, they don't feel you can live necessarily well. And so they um, had told me, you know, that, and more and more people were using that phrase all the time. And like I said, I I try to listen to, to what they're saying. And of course, their opinions vary too. Um, depending on who who you talk to but um really getting people to understand it's about quality of life and and that's something we should all be evaluating we should all be talking about openly no matter what diagnosis we have or don't have and um and the other thing was when you were talking about post care being kind of poor of sketchy um we we see that a ton here in the US um, in fact, that's one of the things that I, I do some training on is trying to get families and staff to understand, you know, what families are going through because there's such a lack of support, you know, it's the appointment, it's the medication, you know, both of those being money makers, but there's like no resource. And as they're walking out the door, you know, get your fares in order. Oh, that's uplifting. Thank you you know, but not even getting a phone number to like over there, the Alzheimer's um, society or here, the Alzheimer's uh, um, found, uh, foundation or Alzheimer's um, association. And it's stunning to me that even though things have drastically changed, the, the core base where the evaluation and the diagnosis starts is so inconsistent and so um, not helpful for the most part to families you know they need to be given some type of connection um, to support them through this appeal a, a and appointment doesn't <laughs> doesn't support them um, in the ways that they need and so um, very very important Um, To do what kind of response have you been getting um, from your show? Do you take call-ins or um, do people communicate with you, or you just tracking numbers?
1: Yeah, I get get a lot of. uh, Most of it comes through Twitter and uh, social media. Um, I've got to admit when I started you know when I had that initial phone call it was uh, can you do one a week and suddenly I came away from that thinking well I've got to find a different person with an angle on the dementia to talk to every week and you suddenly start thinking well that's, that's a little bit daunting and probably for the first couple of months um, I was kind of running trying to catch up and think, I've got to talk to someone next week, who am I going to talk to? And I think I've gauged the more of the success, hopefully, of, of the show. But the fact now I have people coming to me and it doesn't have to happen the other way around because I get loads of people that contact me and say, well, would, would, you, you, know, would you be interested in this on your show? Uh, And I think I've had people now from all over the world doing that as well, which is is quite exciting. I know you had um, Alex on from Ashbourne Films, didn't you, last year, who who then I talked to. And it was a funny story with Alex because I was corresponding with Alex and um, we were trying to set up a time when we record the show. And uh, I hadn't, it's probably me, but I hadn't actually appreciated where Alex was because we were just talking on email and suddenly he dropped me an email and said, it'll be fine if we do it after Thanksgiving. Uh, and there was me thinking that Alex was somewhere around the corner here in the, in the UK, but actually Alex was in Los Angeles. And uh, it, it got me to thinking, wow, you know, there's, there's people all around the world that are listening to this because that's the glories of the internet. Uh, and so you know it's early days it's been seven months in but I kind of gauge it so I've got quite a lot of people coming in my direction want to talk to me that uh, things must be going okay.
0: Yeah it is interesting but you know everyone I think in this arena is trying to figure out how do they how do they let other people know what they're doing You know, and it's, it's asinine to me that there's not a resource directory that is helpful. I've been working with some guys here in, in the U S and they need more funding and they have a, a brilliant, um, resource directory, but it, it needs some funding to get it kicked off. And I just, it just saddens me that that's not a priority. It should be, you know, shame, shame on the world for not making this a priority and, um, you know, 35 years ago, when my mom got diagnosed, I was thinking, "Why isn't there one?" And 35 years later, I'm still going, "Oh my gosh, this is this is ridiculous." And um, so I, I'm hoping that there'll be some more funding so that people can find shows like yours, and you know, the books, the movies, the the training, the um, the research, the trials, <clears throat> all of that stuff. And, and you know, so many of the, what I have found anyways, the government sites are so complicated to try to maneuver through that people just, they kind of throw up their hands and go, I can't do this. It's just, it's too hard or um, people aren't in, who are in charge of the websites aren't appreciating the fact that either um, people with dementia who there are many who are still using the internet and still, you know, listening and, and, um, being guests on shows and all of that kind of stuff are utilizing their sites. And and then you have the, the care partners or the carers, caregivers, you know, wherever you're located, whatever you want to call them, you know, they have very limited time. And so all these websites are moving and shaking and changing placement or even verbiage of what they've labeled something and people can't find it again. And, and they give up, you know, they get, it's exhausting. And so we really do have to have to make things, make things easier for people. Do you have any plans for your future now that we've rolled into the new year here? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Keep going, I think in in terms of the program It is he 's very new i mean I, I had two aims when i when I started one was uh, as we talked about earlier, to just get people talking about dementia as they do other health issues. Um, the other plan i 've got is possibly to get people with early onset dementia actually involved in a little bit of the production and the program itself, um, because, you know, I've had great love, I enjoy doing in all this stuff, and there must be people out there with early onset dementia or the early stages of, of dementia who enjoy the same thing, and I'd love them to get involved in, in doing this, because the one thing I'm kind of conscious of is that I'm setting the agenda here on who I talk to and the subjects that I raise, uh, but I'm not actually living through it. Uh, you know, in certain respects, while I've got a family connection, I'm still an outsider looking in. Um, and I think this year, I'd like to get more involved with people who would give me the ideas of what they want me to talk about and the guests they want me to get, rather than it all come from from my direction.
0: Yeah, I, I have a group that I kind of bounce things off of every now and then. And um But, and I also used to have them as co-hosts at time, but they've gotten so busy being advocates that it's been been tough. And, uh, but I think, I think their voice is, is wonderful to, to to add to,
1: to the show.
0: Um, Anything that we haven't covered, Pete, that, that you'd like to share with our audience?
1: Um, not really. I mean, we've got you talking about that in terms of things. Have you seen Dementia Diaries that we have mm-hmm. uh, on the web here? I mean, that's a great, great resource in terms of its simplicity of people just talking. Uh, on any subject that they want to and a, a great use of, of technology because, I, you know, I just want to echo what you said about the number of websites, the complexity of the websites and how difficult it is to get through this minefield. Um, because for me, I've got the time to to try and work my way through this, find different things. But when you're a carer or when you're someone that's living with dementia, you don't have that time to do that. And I absolutely echo what you said about some kind of central resource directory um, so that people actually know where to go. Uh, And also I think for for people like you and me, it'd be great as well because I'm forever meeting people that are doing great things that I haven't heard of. And I talk to people and say, have you heard so-and-so or have you heard about this? Um, you know, one of the projects that will be on my show in a, in a week's time is the Dementia Dog Project, which is up in Scotland, which provides assistance dogs for people living with dementia. I haven't got the faintest idea about that. You know, and there's so many great projects that if we had somewhere central where someone could actually learn uh, about these great projects you know it and in a personal point of view it made my life a lot easier because i could just pick pick people off a list to talk to but that's not the most important aspect The most important aspect is, is post diagnosis people would actually have somewhere to go which would be simple uh, and would we'll put them in the right direction
0: yeah it's uh so google help pete out he needs some <laughs> It's, it is interesting though, and, and I think breaking down um, you know the, the resource directory in terms of breaking it down on how people learn. like some people like to read, some people like to listen, some people like to watch. you know it's in you know or be interactive and being able to break that down so it's easier for, for individuals to find um, is just uh, is a real real uh, critical critical piece there. Well, uh, Pete, it's been great to have you on the show. I appreciate you taking the time and, and coordinating the time with our time differences and stuff. Now, people can find you on Twitter at RadioTDW, and that stands for the D word. Uh, so Twitter at RadioTDW. Or your email is tdwradio at gmail. Again, that's tdwradio@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And then your radio page is um, ukhealthradio.com forward slash blog forward slash program forward slash the dash d dash word and of course we'll have all of those on the show page for you so again thank you for all your all you're doing um to to help spread awareness and give people some resources and comfort on this journey um, i think it, it takes uh, as i say it takes a village and um our village is not just in our backyard anymore um, like you said you know it's it's uh, spread its wings and social media and the internet has made it so much easier for people to get ideas, um, find comfort, find resources, and um, develop friendships all around the world now. It's just a, an incredible, incredible time to live. So, um, you know, people take advantage of, of all this knowledge base that's out there. And don't forget to share your own. People need to hear everybody's voice when it comes to this topic. So. Again, um, thank you so much, Pete. Appreciate your time today.
1: Oh, thank you, Laurie, and uh, thank you for being my inspiration. Because uh, if I'd not found your show on that Thursday, then uh, maybe the D word wouldn't have occurred. So uh, keep on doing what you're doing.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you. That's that's always nice to hear. You know, because that's one of our goals is to inspire people to get involved, um, it, along with helping them find find resources. But um, I, you know, I find um, this job just really gratifying because, you know, just to, when you hear just those little comments like you made now, it just fills my heart and goes, okay, you know, this, this is making sense. And there's so many times you don't, you don't really know in, in life in general, who you're affecting, you know, we just kind of move through it. And um, it, there's a great opportunity, to, again, to be able to share knowledge. None of us has all the information. And that's why it's so important to to raise other voices and, um, and get more ideas out there and spark that, you know, spark that flame, <laughs> as they say. So, again, thank you so much, Pete. Appreciate it. Um, in wrapping up for our listeners, I just want to um, thank you all for being so loyal and, and taking time to like, click, and share and follow us, not only on the radio show, but the blog and the website. and our Facebook page or LinkedIn, all of those types of things. So we know that working together is really the only way that we are going to be able to build a sense of community and comfort and collaboration. And so we encourage you to spread the word, um, not only of Alzheimer's Speaks Radio, but, but the D word as well. Um, people need as many resources and they have the right to choice of what's going to work for them. And, um, And so we will win this battle against dementia, but the only way we're going to do it is together. So keep that in mind. And um, again, thank you for listening. Bye now. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia?